Hi, this is Rion, and here are some of the best bits from the past week on the Workday Jive. Okay, so radio with your family. We asked a question about conversion therapy and wanted to know if people have the right to choose whether they want to do it or not. Now, the answers are, are coming in. You know, we're asking the question, and uh, you can go, go vote on our Facebook page. Should gay people have the choice to undergo conversion therapy? And uh, Damon says, the question implies that any LGBTQ plus person would volunteer for, for torture. Really? And uh, Stephanie said, uh, why would I change who I am? Just to confirm to what people perceive to be correct. Sorry, but no. I was born this way and I, I will die this way. Uh, if people cannot accept me for who and what I am, then I do not need them in my life. Plain and simple as that. Hannes also said, should a healthy human being have the choice to have their legs amputated? Now, of course, of course more of that coming your way. And uh, there was an article on CNN as well. And uh, there is a debate happening in America whether it's con- unconstitutional or constitutional to deny this to people. So I'm going to tell you all about that coming up on the show. Um, I think let's do some Stephen, Stephen Don and French Matana though with Hurting Me and then Dear Lippo with Be The One. And then we're going to talk more about this conversion therapy. And uh, you can WhatsApp me on plus two seven six double one six nine three eight three one plus two seven six double one six nine three eight three one to tell me what you think. I'm Rion, this is the Workday Jive, and you are listening to Gay Say Radio, where you are family. We were listening to Dua Lipa there with Be The One, and before that, Stephen Don and French Montana with Hurtin' Me. Now, I'm talking about hurting me. I mean, I really, honestly, I don't believe in this. I have a, I can almost always, yeah, I can almost say, I actually give a formal fuck about this whole thing. You know, it's like, it's stupid. I think, I personally think it should be banned. Um, and we're talking about conversion therapy. Now, in Ghana, 400 people are going to be tortured for being gay at a therapy conference that is happening. And we spoke about this on, uh, I think, the Mamba Online section yesterday. Now, hundreds of people are going to be tortured for their sexuality at a therapy conference in Ghana, um, one of the gay news agencies says. Um, around 400 people have allegedly signed up voluntary to receive a discredited and damaging gay cure therapy. Now, the National Cure Coalition for Proper Human Sexual Rights and Family Values is running that um, forum. Now, at the same time, uh, there's a debate happening in America. And uh, there is a clip on CNN, and I'm going to play you a little bit of that clip. Um, that came up yesterday. Now, it's quite disturbing. The clip starts off where a man bats... A couch with a tennis racket and he's directing all this anger at his mother and uh, I'll uh, listen to the clip and then we'll talk about this you'll tell me what you think what you're looking at is part of what's called conversion therapy a controversial practice that tries to turn gay people straight and now some in California are trying to outlaw the practice I want to talk law and justice now with Karen Conti a trial attorney and legal expert so Karen the people behind the proposal Hi, say the therapy is unsafe and unhealthy hello by the way and, and that um, and that is that ground enough though that for for it to be outlawed well, you know, as offensive as this therapy might be, we have to look at the constitutionality. The state certainly has a right to do things that are in the safety and interest of the public, like seatbelts and motorcycle helmets and quarantine laws. Certainly they have that state power. But where it collides with the Constitution is where we have to have trouble with this. And listen, are we discriminating against gay people by enacting a law 
telling them they can't seek a certain kind of therapy, even if they want to, mm -hmm. does that single them out in an unfair way and treat them differently? Mm -hmm. It might. Yeah. And you, because, you know, gay advocates, right, are going to, uh, I would imagine, I'm just saying that maybe this should be outlawed. But then does that take away your constitutional right to choose whatever therapy, as you said, that you want to do? There is a delicate dance that happens here. So where does it where does it end if you say, hey, listen, and you can't do this? Yeah. What if the government decides that some form of therapy is something that they want to advocate or not advocate? That's not what our government should be doing. Right. I think the medical profession here should be the one saying, listen, if you're a psychotherapist, you cannot do this therapy because it's dangerous and harmful. It shouldn't be our government saying, hey, if you do this, you're going to get to the right to sue, be sued and, and give damages. It just doesn't make sense that we should be using our governmental tools this way. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you <laughs> well, regulate... You know how do you regulate what happens behind closed doors? I, I, you certainly can't. You certainly can't. But I mean, we are free to do a lot of things that seem silly and harmful. We can get tattoos. We can get our nose pierced. You know, we can get breast implants, the likes of which no one has ever seen. We can do all kinds of things to our body that are, may or may not be harmful. And it just seems to me, like I said, that we can't just pick and choose. Gay people can't do this because we know what's best for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is best for them. I doubt it. Yeah. I find it offensive. Yeah. But we have to look at the big picture here. Yeah, no one is condoning this, at least neither you or I. But right. it's just no. you want to be able to have in America freedom to choose. And so it's, it's, I don't know, it's very slippery. So there's that uh, clip for you from CNN, and uh, that was Karen Conti, one of the legal people, kind of going, you know, this might be unconstitutional to ban it. So, as I said, we're chatting about conversion therapy here this morning, and Andreo says it's 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 actually a ball of snot. It's absolutely it's insane. It's it shouldn't, and I agree. I totally agree with you, but it comes to the constitutional thing here. Are we being unconstitutional by denying people the right to go? If we ban it, isn't that saying, you know what, it's unconstitu unconstitutional. Where do you draw the line? And uh, Brandon said so-called conversion therapy should not exist. And Brandon, I, I, I totally agree with you, it shouldn't. But now the problem is it does. It is out there. And um, people know that they can sort of access it. But is it... Do we have the right to say, no, you can't? Isn't that taking rights away from people? And uh, that's what we're asking. And you can let me know. And plus two seven six double one six nine three eight three one. Plus two seven six double one six nine three eight three one. Hot topic, conversion therapy. And go and have a look at that CNN video clip. There's more there. I mean, it's insane what these people go through. And I'm going to share some stories with you here on the Workday Jive this morning as well. And... Uh, the big thing is, uh, where I'm going with this, is where do you actually say something is your constitutional right and something is not? And when it comes to something like this, should we give people a choice in the matter? Or should we just say, no, you're not going. If you want to go for something like this, go to the Ukraine or to, I'm not saying they do it in the Ukraine, but go, go to another country. Daniel Ferreira from EcoZest spoke to us about the art of flower arranging. Uh, EcoZest is a floral and garden design studio. So for how long have you been in the flower industry? Um, I've been in it for 21 years. 
That's a long time. That is, yeah, so, <laughs> so shortly after I finished my studies, um, in fine art, I went abroad and I started working in London as a floral designer and I spent four years there before returning to South Africa and um, starting my own company. Now, obviously, you, you said you um, studied fine art. As such, for floral design, you can't go and study to become a floral designer, can you? Well, in Europe, you can. There's um, a lot of amazing flower schools, especially in Europe, um, and some also in the UK and in America. In South Africa, it's a little bit more challenging. Um, but I think anybody that has got a passion for flowers and nature and for design would be able to um, do it if you make sure that you've got a sound creative um, studies background. I think um, fine art is really good. I think all creative disciplines um, use the same creative principles, whether you're an architect or an artist or a designer. Some things keep applying to everything. It's kind of the medium changes or the medium differs. So I think if you um, are really interested in flowers and design and um, love to work with people and have got a lot of energy and um, are creative, you would be able to to do it. You cater for individuals and for companies? Um, yes, we do. Yeah, we do corporate stuff, big corporate events, and we do weddings and then private private events or you know, anything. Which one is the more rewarding for you, doing corporates or doing the smaller things? Um, I like doing both. It's um, you know, I like both. Sometimes with corporate stuff, it's it's a big production. It's Fast, it's a lot of energy, so it is. Um, it's lovely, but I also enjoy doing smaller, more intimate, intimate things with a lot more attention to detail. Looking back at your designs, um, which has the mo- been the most memorable for you? It's difficult to choose one one event from all the many we've done in the years, but if I can maybe just mention one we we did on a farm near Plettenberg Bay for a very special lady, and she gave us a lot of creative freedom to just, um, her only requisite was that we use indigenous flowers, and we did some really amazing stuff, and there was a lot of um, international design and interior design guests at the wedding and it was lovely to to do our thing and see how everybody appreciated it. Do you only use indigenous flowers or do you import flowers as well? No, we use, um, depending on the brief or the requirement for the event, we use um, a variety of flowers. We love using indigenous flowers and promoting the use of indigenous flowers and especially to try and push the design 
design, floral design with indigenous flowers, but we also love using any other flowers. So we use everything depending on the the brief and the necessity for a, a particular event or wedding. How difficult is it to run your own floral business? Um, there is a lot of things to consider. Um, there is logistical things, getting hold of all the fresh flowers you need and making sure they arrive in men's condition. It is a perishable product, so it's you know very important that um, you look at the transport and how they arrive and when they arrive. So the so there's also in that sense um, a lot of sort of fast movements. Um, you can't get things way in advance and start working on it. So there's things happen fast. A lot of things happen fast in a short time <laughs> for an event. So, so it's it's very stressful. I I gather then. It is. Um, it is stressful. Um, it can be. You know, it, I think it depends on the you know. I, I think the other thing that I want to ask here is, you know, a lot of people, there's a perception out there if you do flowers, it's just about chucking things in a vase, and there you go, you've got an arrangement, and that's not the case. Um, why would it be beneficial for me to use somebody like you if I, I want to do an, uh, an event? So if you want us to help you, we would talk to you about your event. We would consider the space you chose to have the event. We would talk to you about other um, decor um, and design options that you that you like to consider. And then we would um, design the flowers to work with that. So, you know, it's it's not just about throwing things in a vase. It's about choosing the right colours, um, seeing what is available um, in that specific season, um, how sort of certain colours harmonise together, which containers that we use that will um, harmonise with your event and the message you want to put out to your clients or your your delegates. And also, you know, as a as a gay business owner, have you had any ever had any negativity about that? No, never. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Yes, yeah. I think last question: If anybody wants to get hold of you and make use of your services, what do you do? Where you where do you find you? Well, the best is they can either send us an email on daniel at ecozest.ca.za um, and for garden services it would be hannes at ecozest.ca.za and they can also follow our Instagram um, Instagram accounts which is ecozest underscore um, letter D, letter P, and ecozest underscore Hannes H A N E S. So we post we post quite a lot of um, images of our work and of our sort of living on the garden route on our Instagram accounts. <clears throat>
Great. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Great pleasure, Rianne. Thank I'll, you for calling. I'll talk to you soon. Great. Have a good day. Okay, so ready with you, our family. I'm Rianne, and that was Daniel Ferreira from Egoze. He's telling us all about flowers and how to run it as a business. Then we had some oddball LGBTQ plus fun facts, which I didn't even know about. So we're talking about some LGBTQ plus facts, and then we'll do another shout out quickly here on the show. And as I said, some of these I really, really didn't know happened. Now, only two of the village people were gay. The rest of the group pretended because they were marketed towards the LGBTQ plus community. And just imagine that. You pretend to be gay um, in order to sign. It's a kind of a tootsie thing, isn't it? Um, that you kind of make out to be gay to sell a product. Hopefully that doesn't happen today anymore. Talking about products, Whirlpool is the only major appliance company to have gotten a perfect score on the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index. Now, which benchmarks policies related to LGBTQ plus equality. And they've managed to do this for over 10 years. So uh, I didn't know that. I think I will be supporting Whirlpool a little bit more in future. Now, if you've uh, you've been a um, Golden Girl fan, then I think you will enjoy this fact. B. Arthur, who played the part of Dorothy in the Golden Girls, um, left about $300,000 to an organization that houses homeless LGBTQ plus youth after she died in 2009. So, uh, B. Arthur, well done. Um, I always used to be a Golden Girls fan, and B. Arthur used to bring loads of smiles to my heart, and I'm sure she still does today. And especially, you know, if you look at stuff like this happening, it really warms your heart to know that there are people who um, kind of allies with us, and they do care for us. And B. Arthur was one of those people leaving $300,000 to... Um, LGBTQ plus organization that houses homeless youth. So another shout out coming your way. This one is for Andreo. And Andreo, I got a message from you and you said, Rian, please play Abba's Dancing Queen for me. So um, coming your way, Andreo, Abba's Dancing Queen. And Chris really, really got offensive about Nicki Minaj making a homophobic statement about cocksuckers on her radio show. Okay, so Radio with you on family. Good morning. This mm. is the Workday Jive, and uh, you're listening to Creon. Chris and Rian. Takes it so back to I mean, everyone obviously knows uh, finally from uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and then there's just like those scenes with the tongues and everything. It's like, oh, you know, that wonderful. I, lo- I love it. So, Chris. Yes. Let's let Nicki Minaj fly in, yeah? You're going to do some adverts, and then we're going to go. Yeah. yeah. Good times. I was saying to you outside, like, Nicki Minaj, you can't be ugly too, because, like, one, she's given us some, some great times. I didn't say great music, I said great times. So, like, if you think about Nicki Minaj, and you think about some of the songs, Starships, Baba Boom, you know, well, it's going to crash stuff. this morning. Uh, you're, you're just hating on somebody, and you want to just hate on her right now. So, it's all good. Like, I, you just think about clubs, you think about dance floors, you think about... Friends and you, everyone's like a starship. I she is in the fucking hot water because of the word cocksucker. I'm okay. gonna tell everybody about that just now. Yeah, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna do it now. I can no. tell you who's not the cocksucker of the week. Did I? Did I spill the beans? <laughs> who is? I just told me. Yeah, we said. 
it's not me. Yes, I'm getting none, and that's like such <laughs> old news. You can basically go back to like like the print from 2012. I don't know, and you can basically find the same headline. Chris is still not fucking sucking cock. Bye. But Nicki Minaj is. Here she comes. Here she comes. Excuse the pun. Radio, you are family. Nicki Minaj now flying in with her starship. I need to crush it. Yes. I'm Rian. Give it to me. Yeah, and you're listening to the Rian show. You're on the Workday Drive. (laughs) That's it from us at the Workday Drive. Catch the show on Gayusay Radio with your family every Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. till 12 p.m. Stay safe and uh, stay blessed and see you soon.